We're going to look at Psalm 86, 12. It says, I will praise you with all of my heart, Lord my God, and will honor your name forever. We give thanks. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge, give to me to speak to a person or their situation. If you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. You look at all of us today, but Lord, you see me differently. I'm your teacher. I'm your preacher. On me is a greater, a more strict judgment uh, than anyone here in this room. And I know that. And I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to see you all today. Thank you for being here. We're, we're coming out of Thanksgiving and we're going to enter a time of, uh, today's a segue into Advent, of celebrating Advent together. And uh, I, uh, coming out of Thanksgiving, I've just put this together for you that uh, we're probably at a point in our Thanksgiving celebration that we, we wobble before we gobble, right? It's just been a lot. So... Uh, we're thankful that you're here with us today. I pray it's been a good season for you. Uh, last Sunday, I want to speak to the Joash chest, the giving. And uh, we do this. It's, a, it's an annual offering. Yeah. Uh, that, that was your offering uh, last Sunday, and it's been phenomenal. Actually, we, re we were reaching that point early in the week, which is not typical. Uh, because people give over the next two weeks and, and we're expecting that total to change. But anyway, I just want to say thank you for, uh, for your giving as well. When we go into Advent starting next Sunday, it, Advent means arrival. The word means arrival. And when you celebrate Advent, you're celebrating two things. I grew up, I grew up very traditional of just celebrating the birth of Christ during Christmas. But when you do Advent, you celebrate the birth of Christ and then you look for his return. So we celebrate the first arrival and then we also look to the next arrival of Christ, the return of Christ. So we, we have set it up. If you want old time Christmas songs, get here early because uh, they'll be playing for you to be able to bless you. But when we sing during Advent, we're talking about his birth arrival and then the second arrival, which will be the return of the Lord. So we celebrate in that way. We, uh, we are giving you today, if you will take it, a devotional guide. I've, I've read through every bit of these already, uh, even though I will reread them on a daily basis. So when we start next Sunday, uh, we can go, we can move together. I actually think it starts the Monday after next Sunday, Advent. And we, we have an Advent devotion that the whole church can go through together. And I, I want you to know the page that has the title on it, make sure you look up in the corner because it has a scripture verses. It's, it's, it's kind of out of the way in an area you probably don't usually look uh, but it's in the top right corner. Make sure you read those scripture verses with your devotion. And that's something we can do together. It's broken up into segments. And it's something we can do together as a church. So today before you leave, you're going to have an opportunity to be able to get that. And uh, we, can, we can journey together through Advent with uh, those devotions. I hope and pray that you like them. <clears throat> the verse I just gave you out of Psalm 86, 12 is a psalm of thanks 
Yeah, it is a verse of thanks to the Lord about I will praise you, I will thank you for all that you have done. And I wanna segue today of why we need to be thankful uh, for the arrival of Christ, why he came to us as a babe in Bethlehem, and then how we also look at his return. And I, I want us to focus on the fact that God will lead us through. He will lead us through. It's, it, it, it is about the fact that Christ came to seek and save those that are lost, uh, he came to be the sacrifice. It is about the cross and the resurrection. It's about he being the Lamb of God. But I, all that put together, I want you to be able to see how the Lord came to be able to lead us through our existence in this world. Uh, first, we're going to begin in James 1. You all love this, don't you? We stayed here, like, what, about 10 years? Uh, we stayed here, and I, I want to give this back to you today. So many people of you have told me you use this now with people in a, in a, in, on a regular basis. And some of you are new to our church and your guests today. Uh, we have worn this verse out. And he came to destroy the, the, the picture that we're going to see here in verses 13 through 16. That his advent, as we celebrate the arrival of Christ, this is a pattern that the enemy wants you to follow. And then I'm going to join the enemy and the world wants you to follow. They, I'm, I'm going to put them together, okay? They want you to follow this pattern for your life. And the Lord came to destroy this pattern. Let's walk through it. Verse 13. No one undergoing a trial should say, I am tempted by God, for God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. The Lord will test us. I may make a statement about my faith on how big I think it is. He may test that statement. He may test me with things in my life, but he will never, ever tempt me with evil, and he'll never tempt me with sin. He doesn't. He doesn't tempt anyone. So let's get that straight. Don't, don't come to me and say, well, the Lord had a hand in this evil thing that I did. N no. No. So look at verse 14. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away. And let's just stop there. So those of you who are regular in our church, you know we've been here a long time. Those of you who are new, you're going to get it for the first time from us. This is the first step that the enemy and the world has as a plan to destroy you. The first move he makes, are you listening, is to draw you away. Have you drift away? Three things, from the word of God, from the people of God, from the house of God. The first thing the enemy will do in his plan to bring destruction to your life is to have you drift or be drawn away. Second one, we're enticed by our own evil desires. We have desires. God gave them to us. We have those desires. You and I can choose to use those desires in a, in a God-honoring way or a God-forbidden way. You and I have that choice to be able to do that. There are desires that he put in our lives. He put in our bodies. But then I've got a choice to make. 
Am I going to use this God-given desire to bring honor to him, or am I going to use this God-given desire in a God-forbidden way? One of the two things. So we're enticed by that, and the world will entice you by that. The world will entice you to use a desire that God gave you in a way that God never designed for it to be used. Are you listening? All right. It's still going to be a long sermon. It's, it really isn't. Then, verse 15. Then after desire has been conceived, it means you've put it into a plan of how you're going to carry it out. It gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, because sin will give birth to more sin, it gives birth to death. And the word death here is a picture of separation. I've been a pastor for 37 years. I've heard this come from a lot of different people. And they, they say this, well, I feel disconnected. I, I feel disconnected from the church. I feel disconnected from the Lord. Let me tell you why. It's because you're probably, not always, not 100%, but mostly you're living a life of disobedience. If you're living a life of disobedience, you're not gonna feel connected to Christ and his church. Uh, it, you, let's, just, let's just bring it down to people. If uh, you have a problem with somebody else, there's a grudge, a vendetta, you're mad at them, and uh, you see them in Kroger, and you, you see them down that aisle, or they see you in that aisle, you usually don't go down that aisle and go, oh, hi, good, it's, you usually dodge them, right? You go to the next aisle, and then look and make sure you don't run into them again. You know, you just kind of, you just kind of navigate your way around to dodging them, exactly. And, and that's, that's what ends up happening with the Lord. What ends up happening to the Lord is the, the enemy starts drifting you away and, and you're going, well, this is just me, this is just my sin. No, 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 there's a plan you can't see. And that plan is to destroy you. Thank you. Still going to be long, Daddy. <laughs> and that plans to destroy you. Listen, we've all seen it. Let's just be honest. We've seen it happen. And then people end up where they are and they go, how did I get here? And it's because started with drifting away, taking God-given desires, using them in a God-forbidden way. And then you see it gives birth to more sin and then it leads to destruction. And then it leads to separation from the Lord. You just feel disconnected from everything. And, and, and I hear people when they say that, I hear them, but I'm not looking at it like it's always the church's fault. It can be, it can be. But I'm just saying it is usually we've chosen to go a path and the enemy Listen, the enemy wants you in every bit of this pattern. Look at verse 16. Don't be deceived. My dearly loved brothers, don't be deceived because you'll get to thinking, well, this is, this is what life is. It's not. He came. Listen, we celebrate Advent, the arrival of Christ as a babe because he came to destroy these verses I just gave you. We give thanks today. I will sing his praise forever. You go, well, God's never done anything for me. You're going, God's not giving me what I wanted. Folks, he did this. He, 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 he breaks this pattern. 
that binds you and controls you and will destroy you, he breaks this pattern. Give thanks unto the Lord. It's his advent. We celebrate his advent, his arrival. Um, Realize this about the gospel. And we're going to talk a little more about the gospel in just a second. But the gospel is that you and I were his enemies. We were practicing this. And he saved us. He, he just destroyed this. Just shattered it. The world still contends it's a way of life. But the Lord's like, no, I've shattered this for you. I don't want you to live in this pattern. I came, I died, I was raised again so that you don't have to live in this, and you, 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 you don't have to live in this pattern or this scheme or this plan of the enemy in the world. You don't have to do that. He can't, we give thanks for that. You're going to go, well, man, there's things God didn't do for me. Let me tell you what he did do for you. And, and the gospel is when you and I practice this, we're his enemies. It's all over scripture. We're his enemies. But here's what he did. He saved us. He forgave us. And he adopted us. We were his enemies. And he adopted us as his sons and his daughters. The God I'm preaching about today takes his enemies and makes them his children. We celebrate the arrival, the advent of Christ coming to us. We we celebrate Advent and his arrival because he came to lead us through. You're going to hear that as a continual pattern all the way through today's message. Uh, The destruction of sin in our lives, consequences, suffering. Um, uh, Miles, I'm going to put you to the test. That last song we sang, son, there was a line in there that uh, when all this world brings suffering, I will remember and just work your magic. Look at your magic, Miles. Magic Miles, that's what I'm gonna start calling you for now. Yeah, thank you, sir. They said, and should this life bring suffering, Lord, I will remember what Calvary has bought, paid back, redeemed you, has bought from me both now and forever. Some of us go through very difficult times, sin, suffering, trouble, death, everything that I mentioned today, he has conquered every bit of it. Now, I want to take you to a passage in the Psalm 23. We all know the 23rd Psalm, but I want to focus on verse four. Some of you have favorite parts of the Psalm. This was mine, this is mine. And it's, it's okay if ours don't match, but this is my favorite part of the Psalm. Uh, the beginning of the Psalm is the sheep talking it's the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or I, I, I lack nothing. And he leads me beside still waters and green pastures. And all that. That's the sheep talking about their shepherd. And John wrote about Jesus being the good shepherd in John chapter 10, about how good he is. And we'll hit that in a moment too. We'll expound on that a little bit in, in just a little bit. But this is my favorite. Because yeah, the gospel is about the cross and the resurrection. It should be in everything that we preach. That's why Paul said, I preach Christ crucified and raised from the dead. Okay? But look at the word through here. It's very important. Even when I go through the darkest valley, 
You may have learned it in another version, the valley of the shadow of death. Even other versions call it the valley of extreme darkness. I fear no danger for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Let me tell you why this one's my favorite section of the 23rd Psalm. If you are, uh, sheep and shepherd have a great relationship, but you don't drive sheep. I, I grew up on a farm and you drive cattle. you behind them and you move them. And we even had horses. We did it with horses. I've driven cattle down a road, you know, between two fences, and I mean a public road. Um, I, I've done that on horseback and on foot, done both. So the, we don't drive sheep, we lead sheep. The shepherd is always ahead of you. Like right now, right now, just, just know that the shepherd is ahead of you calling you to where he is, okay? But here's why I like this passage so much. It's when I go through the deepest, darkest times of my life, he is no longer ahead of me, he comes back to be my personal escort. Do you see that there? Don't look at me, look at the verse. He's no longer the shepherd who's got a distance ahead of me. He is now my personal escort. My personal escort. Even when I go through the deepest, darkest valleys, even the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no danger. Why? You are with me, personal escort. Not ahead, back with me now. I'm gonna personally lead you through this. Guys, that's where I try to get you all to be. And sometimes I feel resistance from you. You, you will require things out of pastors and staff that only Christ can do for you. Are you listening? And I try to get you to learn how to walk with him through your darkest times. I've had dark times. You've had dark times. He's a personal escort. That's why I love this verse so much. And he, he's guiding me and also protecting us during that time. I want you to see, I celebrate Advent, the arrival of Christ, because he promises, see the word there, to lead us, see that word, will you say it, through. I go through this dark valley. I don't camp out in it. It's not over me the rest of my life. I go through it. He leads me through it. We celebrate the advent of Christ and his return because he leads us through those difficult times. We celebrate advent, the birth of Christ, because he came to conquer death in the grave. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Go back, Miles, to Psalm 23. Thank you. Well, you're good today. You, you just own it, man. Thank you. I, I, I want you to know I learned it as the valley of the shadow of death. And uh, it's, it's the picture that death is, is a shadow because Jesus took the full brunt of death. When I die, my body's gonna stop, but Jeff's not gonna stop, Amen. nor are you. Amen. My body will shut down one day. It's gonna end. Yours will too, unless the Lord tarries his coming. And that just means my body has quit. I haven't quit. 
And he, he, when he died, folks, when, it's why I go back to 1 Corinthians 15, well, when we go to that verse, it says, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? His crucifixion and his resurrection, the fact of it is, he took on death. He took the full blow of death, the full hit of death, so that you and I won't have to. He absorbed every bit of it so that you and I just partially go through it. I will never, ever have, de have death hit me head on because he has already let death hit him head on. I will only have a part of it. Oh, death, where's your victory? In death, where is your steam? And remember, it's just a shadow because he took the whole, the whole full impact. He took it all. We celebrate the advent of Christ uh, and the birth of Christ, the arrival of Christ, because he came to show us the gospel that he preaches is unstoppable. We're going to go to the very last verse of the book of Acts. And I, uh, in seminary, uh, I read a man, it, it, the, he was a man, his name was Frank Stagg, uh, very well-known theologian, and he wrote a book called The Unhindered Gospel. And his, the man he mentored is John Paul Hill, who was a man who mentored me. And uh, we had to read Frank Stagg's book, obviously, in seminary, and it was incredible. But it, we had a lady that's moved away, she and her family, to another county. It's just too far for them to travel now. And they're in another church because it's, it's a long drive. But she made some shirts. We preached about this at some time in our history. And she made some shirts called, the, had the hope arrow on the back of it. It's, it's got the unhindered gospel on the front of it. And I, I just want you to know, these next two points I'm getting ready to bring up, there can be a lot of fear with what's going on in the world in the Middle East, what's going on, the uprisings, are good. there can be a lot of fear. And I, I, wanna, I wanna help you with that fear. I wanna help you to hold that down a little bit. But the word hindrance, in the Greek, it's, it's called unhinderedly, is the last word. It says, proclaiming the kingdom of God, teaching the things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with full boldness and without hindrance. And in the book of Acts, the gospel went through social barriers. It went through all kinds of different cultures. Cultures didn't stop it, okay? It went through all kinds of economic situations. The gospel just went right through it. Remember, we're focusing today on, we celebrate Advent because he leads us through. And that includes every bit of the gospel, from his birth to the cross, to the resurrection, to the ascension, to all of it, the day of Pentecost, all those things. And it's unstoppable. In the book of Acts, the gospel went through government hindrances where the government was trying to stop it. Listen, don't be afraid. The gospel of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. Amen. Has any, I mean, look at the year we live in and look at what's tried to stop it up till now. Has it done it? No. No. Is it ever? Please say no. Thank you. Thank you. No. Unhindered. It's unhindered gospel. Gamaliel was one of the governing bodies. Had two of the preachers up in front of him. 
Gamaliel gave the governing body a warning. If this is not of God, don't worry about it. It'll fade away. But is it, if it's of God, you need to leave it alone because you can't stop it. Amen. You can't stop it. I, I just want to bring down some fear with a lot of things going on that it's going to shut us up. It's not going to happen. We're, the gospel is, will be an unhindered gospel. Everything was thrown at it in the book of Acts. And look at the very last word in the book of Acts. It is without hindrance. It is an unhindered gospel. He's taken it through centuries, wars, plagues, diseases. It goes on and on and on and on. Kings have tried to stop it. Armies have tried to stop it. Nations have tried to stop it. Hell tries to stop it. Guess what? It hasn't been stopped. And it won't be stopped. We celebrate Advent, the arrival of Christ, not because he's a cute little baby. We celebrate the Advent of Christ because he came to break the pattern of sin that will destroy us he came to lead us through the darkest days of our lives, and he came to give us a gospel that will never, ever be stopped. Because he can't be stopped. Maybe it will be a long sermon. I don't know. We'll figure it out here in a minute. We came in Advent to celebrate the arrival of Christ and, and, uh, because his church is indestructible. Look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And I say to you that you are Peter, Cephas, and on this rock I will build my church and the forces of hell, Hades, will not overpower it. I, I, I tell you as a pastor, there's a lot of things you can do with your life, but make sure you're in a relationship with Jesus. And number two, see that you're in the fellowship of his church. The church is his bride. He's coming back for his bride. And he loves his bride. And just find yourself in relationship with Jesus in the fellowship of his church. Uh, find that. Because the church of the Lord is indestructible. The gospel is unhindered. The church is indestructible. You may come to me and you say, well, hey, listen, hey, Jeff, you know, people are being killed in other nations, and they are. Martyrdom for Christ is at an all-time high. Don't, don't go looking back to the older days. The, the stats given out now are that the people who have died in 2003 for the sake of Christ, the total number in this one year is greater than all the centuries added together before it. So just because you and I aren't around it, there are great, there are cultures that are under great persecution, great martyrdom. But let me just tell you what the early church fathers used to say. Every time a Christian's blood hits the earth, all it does is produce the church. It forwards the church, just as his blood did. And we, we see this, that I will build it, and hell's not gonna be able to stop it. So I want you to rest today Go through Advent together with us and let's celebrate the arrival of Christ because of all that he has done for us. 
broken the pattern of sin. He's broken that. Leads us through the darkest days of our life. Has conquered death. Gives us a gospel that's unhindered. Gives us a church that's indestructible. Look at Titus 2.13. Now we're going to look at his next arrival, which is still in the pattern of he leads us through. While we wait for the blessed hope and appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's still about leading us through. He came to lead us through this life and then to lead us into that life. It's still a process of being led through. Uh, he's not only my blessed hope. Paul calls him the blessed hope because of his return. We sing about him being our living hope but then one day he will be our blessed hope. I, I just want you to hear this today as believers. All of us go through different things. We've got different seasons of our life. Seasons of our life we never ever ask for. We would dodge any minute of our life. We would dodge them. We would never ask for them. But this old world just gives us trials and suffering. But when that happens, please know that Christ came as a babe, not to just make good little Christmas postcards. He came to save you and to lead you through. Rest on that today. I'm gonna put all we've said today into a language in Hebrews 12, 28, and 29. And it's the kingdom of God language. And I, I want you to see how it comes together here. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, do you see the next line? That cannot be shaken. You, it's all it's coming together, right? So, so the kingdom, the kingdom that he talks about includes the gospel, includes the church, includes leading us through, it's all that. The kingdom language is summarizing everything that I've said today. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, man, let us hold on to grace by it. We may serve God acceptably with reverence and awe. And when we say awe, it doesn't mean about being quiet, doesn't mean Vanessa can't shout and Denny can't say good preaching, okay? Uh, it, <laughs> there you go. Uh, it means that we are in awe and in fear of him as to what he can do. We're not afraid of him. We just know what he can do. And the next line says that, our God is a consuming fire. So we, we give thanks. The kingdom can, will not be shaken. The Lord is not wringing his hands on his throne. He's not... He's not wondering, what should I do? He's not doing that. He's not afraid and he's not worried. He will guide you. Remember your darkest days. He's a personal escort to you. He will lead you through. And he will lead us through into home. This is not home. Paul says our citizenship is not here. We're alien, this world we seem like aliens and strangers to this world. Sometimes Christians want this world to feel good. It's never gonna feel good to a Christian. We're like aliens and strangers to this world because this is not home any longer. When I get to heaven, it's gonna be more like home than any place I've ever lived in my life. Because he leads us 
through. And we celebrate the advent of his arrival. And we celebrate his next advent, the day he returns. Let us hold on to grace. We may serve God acceptably with reverence and awe. Our God is a consuming fire. And you're going, man, that last verse there, our God is, is a strange verse. Listen, I know a God that can wipe all this out anytime he wants to. Anytime. I, I remember I was being interviewed as a pastor, and they asked, and, and they said, do you micromanage your church? And I, and I don't. Some may accuse me that I do, but I don't. And they, they say, well, why... Why do you not do that? What if somebody comes in and wants to wants to help destroy your church? And here's my answer to them. I said the Lord can kill them And they looked at me You, you understand he's a consuming fire I, I mean Mount Sinai consuming fire Elijah and the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, a consuming fire. Deuteronomy says he's a consuming fire. Isaiah says he's consuming fire. Heck, third day, wrote a song called The Consuming Fire. We used to play it all the time. He's a consuming fire, but what does that mean? It just means his mercy. That's a line for his mercy. He could wipe it all out, but because of his mercy, he's holding it all back. And even though the word grace is there, the word mercy isn't, it really is in the verse. For he's a consuming fire. Hold on to grace, serve the Lord, do it faithfully, and he's a consuming fire, which means God is bestowing his mercy. All the penalty, all the punishment that should come our way, He's holding it off. Man, you better celebrate Advent coming these next few Sundays. Celebrate the arrival of Christ. You know why? Because he's holding back all your punishment. Grace and mercy is there. He's a consuming fire. He can wipe it out if he wants to. And I know that. I know that. Thank God for his mercy, right? Thank God for the advent of Christ, the arrival of Jesus, because he came to lead us through. And he holds all that back. You know why? So he can lead us through into all of eternity he does that. Listen, we're, we're gonna give a time of invitation for you, a time to come and pray. There'll be people here to receive you and pray with you. Some of you are here, you never surrendered your life to Christ. I pray today would be that day. Some of you need to come for prayer. It could be physical needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs in your life, relational needs, even financial needs. You need somebody to pray with you and to pray over you. The invitation is this. Whosoever will, for whatever reason today, you come. Church, I'm gonna ask you to stand, if you will. Counselors, find your place in the altar, if you will. The team is gonna lead us and you come.